take up to Miss um, Jewel's room. She's going to Miss Jewel. I don't fucking know why. Uh, because uh, it's Jewel's like manager's child's birthday. So I like took it up there. I'm like, happy birthday. It's like a little five-year-old girl. And I was like, going to leave. And Jewel goes, like stands in front of the door. She goes, you're not going to leave before you sing happy birthday with us, are you? I'm like, okay. So I stood in this room and sang happy birthday to Jewel's manager, uh, Jewel's manager's child with Jewel and Jewel's manager. That was all of us. So I'm just like, happy birthday. And Jewel's like, happy like fucking falsettoing or whatever, just hitting those notes, man. Say it was the most awkward thing. She didn't tip me, but I got a dehumidifier out of the deal because I stole it. But my favorite, there's a toss-up. There's two people, three people. It all happened like in one sequence in a very, very shitty town. If you guys ever get a chance to go to, it's a place called Vancouver, Washington. Not BC, so you have Portland, Oregon, and in the Columbia River, very gorgeous river, and on the other side of that, just north of there, is a garbage town <laughs> with methamphetamine and where Sam Elliott, the actor, came from. That's it, that's all they have. And that's Vancouver, Washington. And so I was working there as a bellman, valet, doorman, everything. And there's one of two things, is I met the Beach Boys, which is really cool, minus Brian Wilson, but add John Stamos. Whoa. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful man. Fucking, what's her name? Some server just disappeared up into his room and then like came back and like, oh, what did you do up there for two and a half hours during your shift? And then like two weeks later, she's like, I'm gonna go hang out with John in Miami. Oh, you did stuff with your mouth up there. That's what you did, John Stamos. But my favorite all time person I've ever met, uh, was, I just have that face, is uh, Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains. I was, uh, this hotel at huge like convention center space, like 35, 40,000. So we'd have like 1,000 person event, events on, on weekends. And so I show up and I'm like, hey, deliver boxes to this room. So I deliver a whole bunch of boxes to this room. And this guy's just like some ass in the corner of the suite. And at one point, I'm like, he kind of looks like Kurt Cameron. So I go, hey, before I leave, after I see he doesn't give me money, because this is what people do when they don't tip a bellman. They just have their hands like that to make it very clear that you're not going to do that. That's somebody that's expert at not tipping somebody, by the way. That's expert people. Because most people just hold their hands and then, like, all just grab hands that are closed, assume that there's money there. Because uh, <laughs> that's what a bellman, I've done that plenty of times, and there's been nothing. And I've just, like, grabbed a hand, and there's no money, and then just shuck it awkwardly like that. I've done that a lot of times in my life. I have no shame anymore. No shame taking money from people. So, I, it was funny because I was working a job. That's where I developed not, not being homeless on a bus. Um, so I take him up there. I was like, hey, has anybody ever told you you look like Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains? And he goes, no, never got that. I'm like, oh, well, you look a lot like him. And I go, I go downstairs, and Nathan Kavana, Vel Captain 7, it's like big meeting. So like, we're going to have like Valley, like 500 cars. It's going to be stupid busy. He's like, whole team of guys. He's like, but uh, yeah, there's this Christian adoption thing. They have Kurt Cameron uh, speaking. I'm like, Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains? He goes, yeah, what fucking other Kurt Cameron would it be? And I'm like, I may or may not have already met him. <laughs> and so I'm like, I just feel like an asshole. Don't think anything of it. But I come down. Uh, there's like a big downtime with those events to where there's no cars, everybody's parked. So I'm like wandering around the hotel trying to get free food, stealing stuff, you know, whatever I do. And uh, I, st I steal a lot from employers. Um, 
and these giant service elevators, it's like they're massive, like the white, as white as this room. And um, one of them comes down, and who comes out of it? Mr. Rockstar, too fucking big to come out of the other elevators, Mr. Kirk Cameron. And so he kind of crosses, I kind of ignore him, I step on, I turn out, look at him, and he takes like two steps away, and he turns around to me and goes, Kirk Cameron, nice to meet you. What? You want to go, Kirk Cameron? I was like, Kirk Cameron. I hit the elevator as it closed. I almost fought Kirk Cameron, guys. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. Not a good story. I just wanted to bring that up. This is a this is a great mic for mics that just try stuff. It doesn't have to be in joke form, guys. I just rambled about people that I don't like, okay? Um, but I'm real excited about your first comic. I think it's you, isn't it? Oh, guys, radio listeners at home, all four of you. Hello, Shelly Strebel. I'm assuming you're one of them. Uh, your first comic, guys, I want you, on the count of three, I'm going to say the comic's name, and I want you guys to lose your shit, okay? I want you guys to go crazy, okay? One. We're going to go on three, not like one, two, <laughs> I'm going to say three, and then we're going to clap, okay? You guys understand that? Yeah. You got that? Okay. One. Two. Three. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Keegan Ferguson. going for 10 minutes. Do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. I, uh, I, was, uh, I was at a music festival a while back, and I noticed music festivals are basically just like a bunch of cops standing around uh, watching white kids do a lot of drugs. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a dude tripping out on acid, and he's just like, oh, God, time is an arbitrary concept. Oh, Cops like, Stevenson, get over here. You check out this rascal. He's sure up a wall, isn't he? Let's leave him to his thoughts. <laughs> this black dude walks up like, man, I feel so good. This is the best day I freeze. <laughs> Glad we were here, Stevenson. That black man almost enjoyed his day. <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys know if you took the entire uh, like lifespan of the Earth and condensed it to a 24-hour period, human existence would only be 90 seconds? Yeah! Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. It's pretty long pretty long. 90 seconds and 24 hours? Wait. Well, you have a different perspective of long time, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sorry. cool, though. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. It's cool, though, right? Because it's like, look at where we are. Like, look at everything that we've accomplished. I mean, we have permanently changed an entire planet's climate and effectively destroyed the ozone layer in 90 fucking seconds. It's like, dude, the, what did the dinosaurs do? The dinosaurs are famous for dying, basically. <laughs> the dinosaurs showed up, just kind of walked around, were like, and then just died. <laughs> yeah, and we could take it further, too. I mean, dude, we've had two world wars, a holocaust, several genocides. We've dropped a nuclear bomb. Right, and that was just in like the last half a second. I think, I think we deserve to get promoted, just like right on to the next planet. Like you give us three or four seconds and Mars is just fucking gone. 
<laughs> like Mars is just not a thing that is there anymore. It goes like the Earth, the Moon, and then just like a larger space than normal, and then Uranus and Jupiter and all those guys. It's just. I mean, I guess if we were going to like colonize another planet, we could throw some animals up there, right? To make it a little bit more interesting, like some lions and whales and whatever. Just like, hey, look, there's an animal trying to live his life out naturally. <laughs> All right, I can't wait to put its bones on top of my fireplace. Yeah. I don't know why I give that guy like a Beatles band member accent. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It's just what came out when I tried it out. I don't know. Yeah, dude, what we do to animals is so fucked up. Like all this farm factory or factory farming, whatever you call it, it's so fu- I mean, you've all seen the videos of them, like, you know, with the cow on the forklift and it's like tipping over. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. But we do this so we can have like cheap, easy meat, right? And it's like, in my opinion, we should shut all this shit down. Shut it all down, let all the animals free. Uh, except for pigs, because I'm not going to stop eating bacon, and neither are you, honestly. <laughs> bacon is so fucking good. Um, and to be honest, I'm not going to stop, because if we're going to be living in this, like, you know, wasteland of a planet and all this stuff, and we're going to hell in this handbasket, I'm just going to put bacon on fucking everything, because why not? And another thing about how powerful bacon can be... You know that expression that you can't have uh, hatred without jealousy? No. Yes, yes. It is an expression. Okay. You can't have hatred without jealousy, and you guys, terrorists cannot eat bacon. <laughs> 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 if you just saw this other country, and it's like, hey, you want a bacon? You want some bacon on your sandwich? That'll be one buck. It's like, dude, I would hate us too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and can you imagine if you were, like, they asked you, like, Keegan, you would really take a couple slices of bacon over 70 virgins in heaven? would be like, well, first of all, none of those 70 virgins has any idea what they're doing. But that bacon on my turkey sandwich knows exactly what it's doing. And I am okay with that. Yeah, I, uh, I hate rap artists, guys. I really hate rap artists, and it's because they're always just at the club, but they never tell you what club they're at, right? It's like, we're in a titty bouncing race, that ass in first place. I'm popping bottles while I make it rain in your face. It's like, dude, where the fuck are you? This place sounds incredible. <laughs> when I go to the club, I just wait in line. Or... I, I try to go out and dance, and I just get sandwiched between two sweaty dudes just trying to, like, grind out a load with some unwilling partner. Just like, ugh, ugh. I don't even know where to go in clubs. Everyone's kind of standing around or, like, just like a mass of people. And I told my buddy, I was like, dude, I don't even know where to go. Like, what do I even do here? He's like, oh, dude, just go grab a drink. I'll meet you over there. I didn't see that guy for two fucking weeks, dude. I just don't understand how this, these places work. Really, the main reason why I go to nightclubs is so I can have a drunken uh, bacon-wrapped hot dog at the end of the night, and that's essentially my main motivation. (laughs) Yeah, I like to to drink. I don't like clubs, but I do like to drink. Um, I like it for, like, the social aspect, right? Because people open up and you, like, learn shit about people. 
And uh, like my buddy was telling me about his new boyfriend, who's like a PhD, like the number two scholar in the world in his field. And I was like, dude, that's so crazy. I can't wait to remember none of this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate when people use alcohol as the crutch though, right? Like use it as a crutch to get through a hard time. It's like, dude, it's so much more fun to use it as a wheelchair. Yeah. Just a complete support system through every aspect of your life <laughs> at all times. It's like, Keegan, I, uh, your grandma's dying, your mom's going through bankruptcy, and your girlfriend's going to leave you. It's like, oh, I can't hear you over how drunk I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a fantasy of mine lately, if you keep up on the news. I just want to take Donald Trump and just some random Mexican guy and give him six hits of Molly and just put him in a room together and see what happens. You can imagine Donald Trump like, listen, sir, you are a rapist, you're a murderer, and you're a, mm, oh my God. Fernando, rub my back. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. You know what, you get two water breaks during your 12-hour day now. I love you, Fernando. Oh, Mr. Trump, your hair feels so nice. That's the nicest thing Donald Trump has ever said to a Mexican guy. You now get two water breaks and rub my back. <laughs> um, Molly's great. I've always had it, or my family, I should say, has always had a really weird relationship with drugs because uh, I love them. But my uncle also went to prison for 10 years for them. So <laughs> it's a little bit weird. And uh, when he was in jail, my... Uh, my grandma came up with what we call the dinner party cover story, right? To explain his absence. So she started telling everyone that he was away at college, right? But people started to wise up to that and be like, oh wow, 10 years in college? Is he gonna be a doctor? Everyone's like, grandma, no, don't do it, don't do it. And she's like, yep, he's gonna be a doctor. He's in med school. Did everybody hear that Dennis is gonna be a doctor? Keegan, did you, eyes up? It's like, <laughs> Great game plan, Grandma. The man that rode a mountain of cocaine directly in a solitary confinement is going to be a doctor. <laughs> I love that we now have to explain to people like why he's a contract construction worker. It's like, wasn't Dennis in med school? It's like, oh yeah, you know what? He just likes to be outside. You just spend so much time in that fluorescent lighting. Oh, just who needs it? I noticed that Dennis has, you know, Nazi insignia tattooed all over um, his everywhere. Um, what's, oh, oh yeah, that, that's, um, you know, he's a real art history buff. <laughs> Dennis is, is his double major actually, yeah, mm-hmm. Grandma. She is proof positive that you can, uh, no matter what life throws at you, you can always navigate your way through it on nothing but lies. Yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think nine and a half. Uh, was there anything else? Oh, yeah. So um, I'll do like one more thing, and then I think I'm out of time. Oh, you do your time. You just do your time? You do your time. You got one minute, 45 seconds. All right. All right. Well, we'll do this. I, uh, I have a girlfriend now, and um, she's really cute. She's really sweet, right? We've really adopted that whole pet name thing. Like you start out and it's like you call each other baby, right? And then baby turned into Bobby. And then Bobby turned into Bompy. And then Bompy turned into Mompy. And it's kind of fun and endearing, but then at the same time, it's like, how do you fuck someone called Mompy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, get it, Mompy. Deeper, Mompy. Yeah, turn around. I want to do it from, <laughs> do it from behind, Mompy. <laughs> Just didn't fucking work. 
Um, which, yeah, she, uh, you know, fuck it, I'm going to end there, because that was a decent laugh, and I forgot the other bit about her, so we'll end it. Cool, thanks, guys. Yeah. going guys that was awesome would your uh, did your uh, uncle go to jail for uh, I'm gonna fill your time by eating watermelon uh, what, what did your brother uh, your your uh, uncle go to jail for well actually it was, it was drug trafficking uh, robbery and aggravated assault he was a drug dealer and then so he someone stole his shit and he went and, to their house and enforced it and beat the shit out of him yeah. that's a good uncle to have <laughs> he's great he's super cool now but I mean, if he's selling cocaine, I think it goes without saying that your uncle's cool, right? It'd be more of a trip if you're like, no, he's like the biggest fucking asshole. Like, uh, he's, yeah, he's like totally, he's a jerk. Never says my drugs are good enough. Oh, bad uncle. Oh, man. I'm having fun, guys. That was really good. Um, keep coming out. Yeah, it's the 10-minute it, mic. It's uh, a lot of awkward stares, you know. It, it, the only most important thing about this mic is the tryout stuff, and more importantly than that, get used to awkward silence. <laughs> if you can make them feel weird, it's even better. See, he only make eye contact with me as I eat watermelon. <laughs> That's even weird for me. All right. Uh, I'm excited about your next comic. Um, she currently drives a car with my ratchet straps holding down the hood of it. Please welcome to stage, Miss Alyssa Westerland. I don't like that shit. I don't like it when you fucking men try to help me with shit. As if I need your help. You're only there to help me when I don't need your help. You're only there to help me carry shit after I got it all inside. <gasps> you need help? No, I needed help 20 minutes ago. You fucking... Ah! Okay, so I don't actually know anything about men. Woo! I, uh... I, thanks, Bodie. Just shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> I'm here to tell men to shut the fuck up. I don't know anything about them, but I want them to shut the fuck up. Another thing I, I don't know anything about is women. I don't know anything about women, okay? Nothing. I want to tell them. Same thing. Bitches, shut the fuck up. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I do know a little bit about me, you guys. I just know a little bit about me and how much I hate fucking men. I don't know about other women and whether or not they hate men. Okay, I know about me and how much I hate men. I know how I feel about men. I don't give a fuck about how these other bitches feel about you stupid little dicks. I don't care if they love you, if they suck you, and what, I don't give a fuck what they do. I don't care about other women. I care about this woman, okay? I'm sick of everybody thinking that I'm trying to speak for all women. You fuckers don't know me, but the fuckers who do know me, guess what? I'm not trying to speak for other women. I'm talking for my own cunt. I'm talking about this cunt, okay? I fucking hate you guys. You guys are so fucking rude to me, not to other women. You're rude to me. Like, I go on lunch dates now. You know why I go on lunch dates? 
Because a lunch date, the guy is not going to assume that you will go home with him. A lunch date, I have an afternoon plan, right? Like, I gotta go somewhere, I go to work later. Whatever it is, he knows he's not getting fucked. So there's no expectation on a lunch date. So I go on this lunch date with a man, a successful lunch date with a man. And if you have a successful lunch date with me, not other women, I don't know about them, if you have a successful lunch date with me, then the next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna call me for dinner. Right? But what does this fucktard do? He booty calls me last night at 10 o'clock at night after a lunch date. Like, oh my god. What about a lunch date says call me for sex? Nothing about a lunch date says call me for sex. Damn it. I'm just so sick of you guys. I, 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 I kind of have a boyfriend now. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want you to... It's none of your business. Who is it? It's none of your... Is he a comedian? It's none of your... No. No. No, but you know what's crazy, you guys? Even if he wasn't a comedian, he will soon be one because every man that I hit it off with, as soon as he finds out I tell jokes, he's like, you know, I always wanted to do that. And then I say, get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out. Oh, you always wanted to do that. Why is it that every dude I... Oh, you tell jokes? Oh, my God. You know, I always wanted to tell jokes. You know, I told a joke one time. You know, I think I'd be really good at that. Suck my dick. Get out of my house. You're not a comedian. You fucking write apps. Okay? You're not a fucking comedian. Whatever the... Get out of my house. I don't go around doing that to people. I meet a doctor. I go, you know, I always thought I should get into that. You know, I always thought I'd be really good at that. Why? I, I just, I must make it seem really cool or something. I got these notes. I just want to talk about me because, like I said, I don't know anything about men and I don't know anything about women and I'm not talking for other women. I'm talking for one cunt. This is just going to be the one cunt set, okay? Do you guys have any questions for me? Do you have anything that you would like to know about me specifically? Not all of women. Who are you dating? <laughs> uh, uh, his name is Freddie. Mercury, he's a stuffed turkey, <laughs> and uh, I got a strap on, <laughs> on this stuffed turkey, <laughs> and I'm just, <laughs> Freddy, baby, Freddy. I mean, I've always had a thing for gay men, and I love turkey. I don't like bacon. <laughs> I don't fucking care about your bacon, okay? Um, who is it? So I want to talk about the Pope, because that shit was cool. Everybody says he's so cool, everybody likes him. I don't care about other people, obviously. Again, I just care about this cunt. Okay, so this cunt, you know how she feels about the Pope. It was kind of crazy, because when I was a little girl, I wanted to be the Pope, right? I wanted to be the Pope. And I went to my mom, and I was like, Mom, I want to be the Pope when I grow up. And she said, well, um, honey, I mean, that's going to be rough, because you have a vagina. Um, I mean, we could get you a sex change, but I don't think they believe in that either. Um, so then I did some research, because I was really excited about being the Pope, and I knew I could prove my mom wrong. So I went online, and I was like, Mom, Mom, look at this, look at this. It says here that even though I can't be ordained, I can still service the church. What does service mean, Mom? She goes, fuck, um, fellatio. <laughs> I said, Mom, what does fellatio mean? And she said, intimacy. So that's my that's that's how I got to be here, right? Fellatio equals intimacy. But um, I am a whore. I am a whore, um, but not not because of how many men I fuck. Though I will tell you in a second. Um, but just because I'm a whore. Because um, not all women, but just this woman, gets called a whore a lot. Like. 
bitch, whore, female. I'm really not opposed to female, but it kind of makes me feel like a whore. The booty calling gets made me, makes me feel like a whore. Um, I don't know. I'm, I just I must be a whore. The way people treat me, I must be a whore. But I have this problem where I'm constantly going, "Are you a whore? Are you really just a whore?" You know. So the other day I did some numbers, you know, and, and I couldn't remember. I could not remember for the life of me how many men I have I've fucked. Because I don't get fucked, I fuck. Um, so I did some averages. And I realized, okay, so figure just five dudes a year for 14 years. That's 70 dudes. 70 dudes. Not bad. I, I'll, I'll do more. I'm young. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know what's crazy, what's crazy about that was, how, so how many blowjobs do you think that I've given? Two. <laughs> two. 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 <laughs> Crazy, right? Like, I sucked the cocks of both of the men I was engaged to. It's beautiful, right? So, so just so you guys know, when, you, when you're out there in the world and you're lost and you're scared and you forget what intimacy is, just remember, it's fellatio. <laughs> At least that's what intimacy means to me. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, okay, what else do I want to talk about? Pope. Me. So my, um, <laughs> me. Me. But it turns out shitting on the Pope is very unpopular. <laughs> it's just very <laughs> good. I got him. <laughs> Finally, this guy. Okay. I like him. He's new. Uh, so uh, I got 900 reasons I'm not going to get married. You want to know what they are? <laughs> it's a long list, right? You think I can you think I can go through that list in less than however much time I have left? I think I can do it because they're the 900 names of all the married men who've hit on me. Why would I get married, you guys? Why would I get married when I know that he's just going to be out there hitting on some hoe like me? Okay, like I don't even care if she's taller, shorter, bigger, younger. There's going to be hoes, you guys. There will be hoes. So I'm not getting married. Um, I went soul searching and it led me to Amber Alert. Because I'm a ginger. We don't have souls, you guys. We don't have souls. Um, <coughs> so this guy, this friend of mine, he's, well, he's a jerk. He's not my friend anymore because he's a jerk. We were at comedy day and I was offering everyone my pistachios and he said, can I have some of your pistachios? And I said, sure, you can have some of my pistachios. Well, then he took some pistachios, and then he's like, I want more, but I want you to throw them at me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to I'm not gonna throw my pistachios at you. And so he took the pistachios that I had given him, and he threw them on the ground. He threw my pistachios on the ground. I don't know if you guys understand, but those are worth like $18 a pound. Like, none of my friends are worth $18 a pound, okay? But I asked him, I said, I said, buddy, why did you throw my pistachios on the ground? And he, um, he did this crazy thing where he, he said, well, Alyssa, it's because uh, I adore you. Um, I just think that you're amazing, and I don't know how to handle it. I mean, really, it's just that your presence fucks with my emotions because you're the devil. That was his apology, you guys. It's still my fault. It's still my fault. It's always women's fault, okay? He threw my pistachios on the ground because he adores me. So, like, I raped her because 
because I adore her. I throw her pistachios on the ground because I adore her. I hit her because I love her. So I just love you so much. I had to fucking smack you. I'm just sick of getting blamed for everything, you guys. If you're going to throw my pistachios on the ground, just fucking own up to it. You did it because you're a jerk. You did not do it because I'm the devil. <laughs> anyway, thank you all very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, here's a fun little thing for Alyssa. I was across the street grabbing my burrito at the beginning of your set. And Alyssa is a little, she's a little vocal. She, uh, she, she yells loud into something already amplified, like myself. Uh, but more funny is the lady who's across the, at the grill, when you're yelling about something, she goes, Dios mio, because she can hear your set. That's an angry, angry redhead. She understood that. Your comedy's changing worlds. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, I know you're next, but he has to take off for a set at five, so that's cool. He's gonna do a quick set, so everybody look get, look at him, you know, begrudgingly or whatever. No, not really. It's Leo Zinger, ladies and gentlemen. He's a sweetheart. He's done, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, I'm Leo, and um, I I've been in the city for ten years now. I really love it. Um, I'm getting old though, like a lot of my friends are getting married and, and they have children now and uh, they sent me baby pictures. The other day uh, I got a baby picture from my friend and he got married like a year and a half ago and he uh, recently had a baby with his wife and uh, he sent me this picture. It was uh, on Facebook and he sent me and uh, it was a lovely picture of him and uh, his lovely wife uh, together holding a six months old baby boy together, you know, and there's a caption he asked me like, Hey, uh, what do you, who do you think the baby looks like, mommy or daddy, right? And uh, I really wanted you to tell him the truth, but I uh, didn't have the heart because the baby actually uh, looks exactly like his best friend, Tom. And uh, I thought that <laughs> ruined their relationships. Um, I love San Francisco. It's, I love California, too, because it's, uh, it's a very progressive state. You know, just recently I saw uh, on the news that uh, we actually approved the legislature about uh, physician-assisted suicide. You know, we became like the second state in, in the country uh, behind uh, Oregon. You know, it's, so we fought for that. We gave the uh, term, like people who can't hack it options, you know. And, uh, but I understand we do it a little bit differently than Oregon actually. So what happens uh, is, uh, yeah, you have to go get uh, evaluated by two physicians independently. And, and they both say, yeah, you can go care yourself. Then, what, then you, you come to travel to California and you go stand on top of Golden Gate Bridge where a doctor will come push you over the edge. <laughs> Gently. So um, <laughs> that's our way to do it. That's a very clean and beautiful way to go, I think. Um, I, uh, I have this friend who, uh, who likes guns and uh, and I don't stand out these people who like guns be because every g a guy I know who likes guns uh, all have the, the, they defend their gun rights vehemently. You know, they always talk about it and this, this guy's like, like, you should get a gun. Like, guns don't kill people. It's like, yeah, if, if your guns don't kill people, then there's something wrong with your guns because uh, they should kill people. <laughs> they should definitely kill people. I've tried it before. I've never heard a guy like just like I shot this guy fucking five times. He's not dying. What's going on? The guns don't kill. 
people. Um, I, I never heard like, <laughs> it's weird though, because like no other industry would come out, defend their product like that, like guns. Like, like after 9-11, you don't hear like Boeing coming out and say, hey, planes don't fucking kill people. You know, jets are fine. Just crazy terrorists kill people. And uh, after like Hiroshima, like a US government didn't come out and say, hey, uh, like nuclear bombs don't fucking kill people. <laughs> you guys are nuts. It's just fucking the two guys we told that they have to drop the bombs killed these people. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people uh, are scared these days. Like people, people talk about aliens a lot. And uh, I, I personally, <laughs> like and people, because they always hope that aliens will come here and give us technologies and stuff. But uh, I don't, you know, but it, they could be coming here for anything, you know. I don't think that's, that's necessarily the, the, the reason. I think, personally, I think they're coming here just to have sex with us. I think it's, uh, <laughs> they just want to fuck us because we're primitive and we're better looking than them. Because they're fucking ugly. They have no hair and they have no nose and they're fucking, they can't talk even, you know. And uh, so they can't get laid. They're here, they're here to fuck us. So that's, we're like a tourist, a sex tourist destination for them. Like basically I think we're, we're like the Thailand of universe <laughs> for them, of the universe for them. They come here just to have sex with us. I would fuck an alien though. I would fuck an alien um, right in the mouth. Uh, they, have, they have very tiny mouth and very tight, it looks like. Uh, I would enjoy it. Um, <laughs> because we're a fucked up, uh, uh, like a country though, not only country, like fucking entire world is like, little people, a lot of people are racist, and I was talking to this people, I was talking to this friend who was racist, I said, dude, why, why are you like that, why are you racist, so, you know, towards people, he's like, you know, everybody's racist, you know, it's like, what, is this a defense for being racist, <laughs> everybody's racist, like, like what other like can you defend that for other crimes? You go go to court. It's like, hey, uh, did you kill that person? Like, yeah, but a lot of people murder people. So what's a big deal? Like, oh yeah, uh, we hadn't thought about that. Yeah, a lot of people murder other people. So you're fine. We fucking let you go now. It's it's okay. Keep doing that. Um, I have. Um, I've I've been watching. Uh, yesterday I caught uh, the rerun of Titanic again, and uh, I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> not not because James Cameron. He's like he's okay. First of all, he should have made the movie. He's like an actual explorer. He's obsessed with Titanic. He actually built like submergible to go down to actually film the Titanic after he made that movie. You know, I, I personally think he 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 uh, got the sequence wrong. He should have studied the fucking Titanic before he made that movie. You know that that would have been the right way to do because you would have made a, 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 a like a better movie for that. You know what if like he he saw that movie he was like oh shit there's no there's no steerage everyone fucking is rich you know there's no underclass here. You know, but <laughs> I th I think mostly I hate that because because it's a fucking song that Celine Dion sings in the end. You know my heart will go on. It doesn't even make sense to me that song because. This sings, uh, she sings it from the perspective of that lady, the old lady, Rose, whatever, who's, who fucking, you know, got s rescued, whatever, you know? And uh, I was like, yeah, I was listening to that. I was like, yeah, my, your, your heart will go on and on and on. It's like, 
Of course your heart will go on. You fucking survived that shit. You got to live. Of course. Your body will go on too, you know? You fucking lived. Your fucking boyfriend died saving your ass. He should be singing that song. He should be singing My Heart Will Go On because he doesn't have a fucking body anymore. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Leo Zinger hating the Titanic. Uh, do you guys hear about that conspiracy theory about Titanic, how it never actually sank? No. Yeah, I'm just lying up my ass, actually. <laughs> just making up stuff. <laughs> you can just lie. Yeah, it's so much easier. You guys should all try it. Just lie up here about everything. My name's not even Ethan. Okay. I'm excited about your next comic. I feel bad about skipping him, but Leo got these big, fancy dates. But Boo them out, guys. Boo! We love you, Lou. Boo! Thank you. Might I also point out that that Alyssa left. So if you guys want to get your chauvinist guy stuff out. No, I'm joking. Oh. All right. Well, moved up here from L.A. He's a good guy. Welcome to stage, Mr. Chris Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I got to... You know, I've never been offended by a joke before, and I never understood why people would ever get offended at jokes. They're just fucking jokes. But when he started talking shit about Titanic, I understood <laughs> it. I understood it completely, because that is my fucking... That movie has literally saved my life before. There's a little story behind that. Because, like, at one point in my life, I didn't want to live it anymore. And when I did, I would, I would like, stand in my bathroom with, with pills in my hand and say I could take these these pills right now and, and you know, just die or not do that, pull out my phone, go on my Netflix queue and fucking watch Titanic. The last 30 minutes, skip to the last 30 minutes because nothing makes you feel better than seeing a bunch of rich old white people die. <laughs> As that fucking song goes in your ear. Nothing is better than that. That is the ultimate antidepressant. I just spit because I'm Passionate. This is as intense as I will ever get on stage, honestly. <laughs> right now I am honestly offended. Man, I I swear to God. I was about to walk out on that that guy. First he bumps me and he talks about about Titanic. Fuck this, I'm just kidding. No, I don't care. I liked it. Um Yeah, I mean what else is there? Fuck. All downhill. There is a fair going on over there. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't like any fairs and stuff. Just because one thing that really pisses me off in my head, I guess, is just people that have pride publicly in something. You know, I just don't like it. I don't. I don't like when people are are proud of who they are. You should be proud of who you are, but I don't want you to show it to me. Like, when you're, when you're in an affair, it's like, come on. Yeah, great, you have sex with chains, cool. Just, I don't need to know it. I, the whole world doesn't need to know it, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't, this all stems from just a roommate that I have right now. He's, I live with, I live with three people, they're all gay. I'm only half gay. And I, I think usually when you live with I think a lot of people assumed when they found out that I was gonna go live with a bunch of gay people, they were like, oh, you're gonna convert to completely gay then, probably. But no, it's going the opposite way. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm really straight now, because I'm, <sighs> one of them, he, he sings in the shower, and he does it really loud, 
and that's just every day. That's just a fair that I have to deal with in my life because I, I get it. You, you think you're a great singer. You're proud of who you are. Yeah, you're gay, but fuck, I don't want to know it. Be I don't know. I should have ended it in the beginning. Just don't tell me if you're proud of yourself. Just do it in yourself and your, and your, because I'll be insecure about it. Um, let's see where else we could go. Let's go back to the movie stuff. That seemed to go over well. I like, I like movies. It's a little too much maybe. Um, sometimes I, re I refer to them as films and just sound like a complete snobby douchebag. Like, I feel like I should be dressed as a penguin. They're like, mm -hmm, I like films. Oh, the great film. Like, I watched, this happened a while ago, but Mission Impossible, the newest one, came out. I went to watch it with my sister and my mother, and we walked out of the theater, and they were talking, like, oh, it was a great movie. The action was awesome. Tom Cruise, he does his own stunts. It's so cool. And I was agreeing with them, but in my head, I was like, yeah, but the mise-en-scene, the mise-en-scene in that movie is what gets me going. That's what I love about it. I, I'm just happy I had the decency not to say that out loud in that moment. I just go somewhere else and do that. But yeah, I remember I used to work at a movie theater, and on my last day, two things happened. The first thing that happened that day was this lady got, she just came up to me and started preaching about racism in the movies. I'll get back to that later. But the second thing that happened at the end of the night, um, it was around the time that Trainwreck came out, that Amy Schumer movie. And lucky for me, I guess someone had a weird bachelorette party in there, and my theater started selling beers. So they drank a bunch of beers, and a lot of them were full in the theater that I was cleaning. I was like, oh, cool, I'll get drunk at work. So I, I took all the beers, and I got drunk on my last day of work. That was a fun, fun way to end it. I remember I left. I saw my manager there. I said, I, I think I should say goodbye. But I was like, wait. Can he fire me if I'm ready on my last day? Because he'll smell it on my breath, probably, that I drank all the beer in train wreck. I don't know. <laughs> that was a train wreck. Boom, I did that joke. Um, <laughs> that was a train wreck. After train wreck ended, Amy Schumer. Um, no, the more interesting thing is a lady. She was a older black lady, and she came up to me, and she, she was, she just had to complain to somebody that she was tired of racism in movies. And I get it, you know, some movies, they're bad, but nowadays it's getting better, you know? At least they, they got out of their way to put at least one, some sort of diversity in there, you know? Sometimes, I guess. Back then, it was back in the day. Back in the day that I don't know what I'm talking about because I wasn't there back in the day, but I know back in the day, it was pretty not diverse. Like The Breakfast Club, that movie, makes every teenager feel like they belong in this world except the non-white ones, you know? Because there's absolutely no diversity in that movie. There's no nothing. The most ethnic thing about that movie is Emilio Estevez's last name, which is a lie, you know? That's a lie. He's not. His mom, she's from fucking Kentucky, and his dad is half Irish and half Spaniard, with Spanish, you know, that's, that's okay, I guess, but that's like the whitest Spanish you can possibly be from Spain. Like, I'm pretty sure there are more taco trucks in Kentucky than in Spain right now, you know? That's not a, they gotta fix that thing. They gotta, they gotta be good. Am I, did you like me or, I don't know. I don't oh, no, man. Okay, just making sure. Cool. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. 
I respect that. Leaving, because I can never do that. I can never just leave. <laughs> I've done it before, but I just feel it's just that's it'll ruin my day. Like I might, even if I have a good set, if I leave in the middle and somebody notices, like, I'll just be like, ah, oh, shit, I fucked up. More and more. I know I should get over. I should get over a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it for like two years. I'm not over yet. At least here in LA, I got over it, just because you know. They don't care. They're not souls. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys don't care. I don't care either. Cool, I can just leave. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Um, I think there's a lot of, we, we do progress a lot, but I think one sign that we're not progressing as enough, enough as a society is we're not, 12 Years a Slave is a really serious movie. I think once that type of movie becomes a comedy and we can laugh at it, then we've made it as a society. <laughs> Honestly. It's a crazy theory, but I think that's how it's going to work. Once you can laugh at that and say, oh, fucking racism, we used to do that shit, that's ridiculous. Then, we but now there's a part of us that still has that in us and we watch it, we're like, oh, God, that's so sad, that's so crying, because inside, you know, I kind of want to do that, I think. I don't know, but I think there's a little racism there that brings out the tears when we watch 12 Years of Slave. I cried during that movie. I'm not even white. I don't know what that says about me. I was raised by a very white man, though. Not white on the outside, but the inside. Ooh, shit. He, he belongs. I, he's my dad. He's a, he's a Salvadorian, and he jumped the border when he was like 13, I think, because of the Civil War going on over there. And when he got here, he got a job. He's works for a car company, he's a mechanic, you know, he's a good guy, hardworking, but he's a Republican now, like really conservative Republican, wears cargo shirts, shorts, shirts, shorts, has an American flag on his yard. I, I remember I told him, in 20 years I could picture you in a Hawaiian shirt with a golden retriever and a white picket fence around the house you have, and he was like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, you shouldn't be proud of that, Dad. With the with 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 how you look, that's not good. Cause he, I think, it's weird that he's Republican. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's because he doesn't want his family to follow him over here. Like he just wants to keep the borders up. So he's like, let, let me join this this political party. Then wants to keep the borders up, keep my family out. That's his plan. I should <laughs> ask him about that. He came over. He visited a couple of days ago. And he started talking to me about how he's. Okay, first of all, I see him, and I'm like, that can't be him. And then he's like, hey, Chris. I'm like, oh, shit, that's my dad, because he lost, like, 50 pounds on me. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm supposed to be doing that right now. And then he started talking to me about how he's getting with a bunch of chicks. He has, like, five girls, girlfriends on the side and shit. He's all texting them while he's talking to me. Like, he can't even have a conversation with me because he's texting these girls. And I'm like, dude, I'm the fucking teenager here right now. You're 40-something. You're you're rocking it. You're making me feel bad about who I am right now. Come on, let me have some of that shit. Thanks, man. Gotta fix, uh, a good guy, rough guy. What else about my parents? My mom's remarried already, shit, I forgot. Woo! I missed her wedding. Felt real badass about that. <laughs> she asked me, hey, Chris, will you come to my wedding? And I said, here we go. I'm gonna make my mom cry today. <laughs> <laughs> And shit, did she cry. <laughs> That's a, I didn't mind it. That was a proud moment of my life. I said, I got to do one thing. I got to be disappointing in some way to my parents. 
at least one of them. And I said, hey, I'm not going to your mar marriage, mother. She ma remarried a Salvadorian. <laughs> that didn't work out the first time. She did it again. <laughs> I think she has a um, weird relationship with that state. Our whole family, my whole family, the women are Peruvian and the, 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 the dudes are Salvadorian. It always happens. They always marry Salvadorians, I guess. I don't know. Let me see if I can do this one quick one. I don't think I have any quick one. Uh, you can go over. Take, take your time, man. Take, all right. You stole that spot from me. I think I have one thing. Um, my parents were great, though. They were really good. Good, good to me. They raised me right. Um, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how other people are raised. What does it mean to be raised right? But I like them a lot. But I also like... I don't know. I, I've been thinking, why do I like to think about dark stuff? Because I've been researching serial killers lately. I don't know why. Just <laughs> keep my job options open. I don't know, I guess. That will work some someday if everything goes terribly. I don't know. No, I won't do that. But I think the reason why I like to study that is my parents, they were good to me, but too, they never, they, they stayed alive the whole way. They didn't die once. <laughs> they, didn't give me, they didn't give me that opportunity to become a superhero, because you had to be an orphan to be a really good superhero, like Batman, you know? <laughs> they never died in front of me in an alley, like loving parents should. They never gave me that opportunity, you know? And if you're an orphan, you didn't capitalize on your opportunity, bro. You got to fucking, you had the chance. Could have been Batman. You could have brought the Joker to this world, but you didn't. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, keep it going for Chris. Come on, that was amazing. You know, that set right there about, you know, like begrudgingly not going to your mom's wedding. That's a, it reminds me of that Bill Burr quote. Bill Burr has a quote that says, your, your 20s are uh, the time in your life when you take your childhood out on everybody you come in contact with. <laughs> That's a great quote. Fucking ahead of his time, Bill Burr, ahead of his time. All right, this next fuckhead to the stage. Uh, hails from New Jersey, Bodie Lang. Thanks, Ethan. That was such a wonderful, warm introduction. <laughs> that was very warm, wonderful. Um, yeah, what's, your, what's your name, man? Chris. Give it up for Chris. Yeah. Give it up for Chris. Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, uh, Alyssa's gone. Is she gone? She's gone? Uh, yeah, she's gone. That girl scares the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like a, like, I, I think she'd probably be happy to know that, I think, too. But, like, and not like, I, like I'm almost afraid to laugh sometimes because I feel like she's going to be, what the fuck are you laughing at? Fucking, you know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, ooh. But, uh. Yeah, and, and like I feel like she's she's tiny, but like I feel like she could like, like fucking ruin me, you know? Like I feel like I would not even want to physically confront Alyssa on any fronts at all, confronts. But <laughs> lo love you, love you, Alyssa. <laughs> I do, I really do. I love her. It's just like sometimes I do get frightened by women in general. I guess maybe, but uh, yeah. Um, I, there were some things I wanted to touch upon. You, you were talking about how offended you were about the, you know, the, dude, I was just as offended when you were making fun of Breakfast Club, motherfucker, all right? I was ready to walk out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. 
And there was, there at one point in time, there was a brilliant filmmaker that used to totally pull off racist fucking movies and make it hilarious. His name was Mel Brooks. And he know a lot, like, when's the last time Mel Brooks made a fucking movie? Can we get, like, a, can we do, like, a, kick, can we do like a Kickstarter for Mel fucking Brooks or some shit? Like, what, what was it? Yeah, right? That was probably his last one. That was after Spaceballs, right, Men in Tights? Yeah. That's, like, 93, 94. Yeah, man. Fucking Mel Brooks. Can we get him working again, for Christ's sake? Damn. You know who needs more work, too? Dabney fucking Coleman. How come he's not working? Yeah. That guy was the shit. Yeah. You guys are too, do you guys know who fucking Dabby Coleman is? <laughs> he was, you remember fucking Cloak and Dagger? Yeah. With the little, the kid from E.T.? Yeah. And he was Jack Black. His dad was Jack Black. That's where Jack Black stole his fucking identity. And that's why we don't see Dabney Coleman anymore. Thanks a lot, Jack Black. Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I think there's things I was going to work on, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, you've probably seen this kind of shit. There was, um. There was a homeless guy uh, on the corner of like, it was like 17th and Folsom, and he had, did you ever see where like, you know, homeless people have like their blanket out and they'll have like all the stuff out, they'll have like, you know, like a phone cord, like a sock, you know, or you know, like a tissue box, or like and this stuff, and you think usually they're like selling it, a couple cassette tapes or whatever, and you don't, I don't like to see that stuff, I'm not trying to like make fun of that situation, but this guy had a bicycle seat out, and this girl walked up, and she picked up the bicycle seat, and the fucking guy ran over and like fucking kicked it out of her hand, picked up the bicycle seat, fucking spiked it on the ground, and, he, and she was like, I'm so, I, was, I wanted to buy the bicycle seat, like I needed a bicycle seat. And the guy goes, I'm not selling you my shit. I'm just showing you my shit. <laughs> and I did what you guys did. I fucking laughed out loud. Like, because I just couldn't contain it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't. I was like, oh, you know? And he was like, oh, you think it's funny, motherfucker? You know? And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, walk, you know? Like, walk away, walk away. But, oh, man, that was funny. You could just, you could spend a day in the mission and get as much material as you could possibly ever need. I mean, I've always, I've often made fun of these, these guys. Like, that guy competes with the 16th Street Bar Station guy. I was talking about it. There's this guy, he's heard this joke before, but there's a guy that I first met, or the, one of the first, Awesome, awesomely hilarious homeless guys I, I met in the mission where he stands, he's, he was standing at the top of the escalator coming out of the bar station and he was just sitting there asking everybody that came up the escalator, he was just like, hey, you got a daughter? Hey, you got a daughter? You got a daughter? And it's like a bunch of people just ignoring the shit out of him. And then finally, the one guy in a business suit's like, yes, I have a daughter. And he's like, when's prom night? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it, dude. And like everybody else was like, and I again laughing, and everybody's looking at me like, don't encourage him, you know? And I'm like, ah! and oh, he's the best. He's the best. His name's Petey. I, I asked him his name one time. His name's Petey. He's cool as shit, man. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. Like, like I've offered him beer before. I'm like, hey, I want to finish this beer. He's like, nah, I don't drink. Don't drink. And he's just, he just loves making fun of people. Like, I saw him on Christmas one time, and he was, uh, you know, he was just like walking in the street. It was Christmas. There was like nobody in the fucking mission. It was like Valencia Street's fucking empty. And uh, I gave him like five bucks or something, you know, and I'm hanging out because I'm a fucking humanitarian. And he, uh, we're just sitting there, and this dude walks by with like a bow tie and like a little Christmas vest and shit. He's like, you know, like off to a party or whatever. He's like carrying a little present with him and shit. And he's like, uh, looking sharp, young man. You're looking really sharp there, guy. You're looking sharp. And the kid's like, oh, well, you know, and like walks by. And as soon as the guy's out of earshot, he looks at me. He's like, what a fucking geek. <laughs> yes, Petey, you're the best. Ah, uh, Petey. 
Uh, I saw an interesting interaction in Dolores Park uh, a couple days ago um, where there was, uh, there was these two dogs. It was a female dog and a male, do uh, and a male dog. And the female dog was just like a little thing and the, you know, the male dog was like a lab and he, was, he kept on trying to like get the female dog to play with him and she wasn't having it. And the whole park's like watching this transaction go down where like the male dog would approach the female dog and she'd just like run away and bark at him and shit. And he was like, yeah, what the fuck? And then finally he was just like laying down and the little like fucking shih tzu, you know, female dog like rolls up to him and she's like, you know, like, come on, like, let's play. And the lab stood up and just fucking peed on the dog. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. <laughs> and then the guy whose dog got peed on was like, who's, you know, like his dog was like this little shih tzu, like well-groomed dog. And he's like, whose dog is this? Whose lab is this? And this girl walks over and she's like, hey man, it's, it's my dog, you know? And he's like, well, your dog just peed on my dog. And the girl's like, well, dude, they're, they're fucking dogs, you know? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do? And the guy was just all like needed to complain about it. He's just like, well, well, how'd you like it if I peed on you? And the girl, without batting an eye, she's like, I would totally get off on it. <laughs> and, and people are heard it and laughed. That was great. None of the more wonderful public humor moments in San Francisco. Uh, let's see what else. Did that shit. Oh, I was um, some N uh, NPR material for you here. Because I'm a fucking white guy and I listen to fucking NPR, and uh, I just I, there's some funny shit and I there's Pope stuff and I don't even really want to I can't even handle that shit anymore I'm done with that but um, there was another story that I heard about uh, a woman who was born with two vaginas. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah, born with two vaginas and she kept them and because doctors never wanted to remove the vagina because they thought it was like functioning and they didn't want, they were like, no, you know, if we remove this from your body, it actually might cause you more harm than good. So she kept her vagina all the way up into her adult life and she still has like two, two vages, right? And, and the lady's talking to her and she's telling the story about her second vagina and she's, you know, like all the weird shit she had to deal with as a kid, right? You know, obviously, and like, you know, it's a hard thing to like cover up, you know, when you're, you know, like in showering with other girls at camps or whatever. And, and then she, but then like, uh, she just starts talking about it so casually, and the woman's like, yeah, I guess that was kind of rough for you, you know what I mean? She's like, well, I got to a point in my life where I just said to myself, you know, it's just another body part. And, you know, just think of it like a nose. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, first of all, a second nose is fucking super weird. Like, <laughs> like you know, you can't just be like, oh, a second nose, yeah, no big fucking deal. And like, uh, how about, no, I'm not gonna think of it like a second nose. I'm gonna think of it like a second fucking vagina, because that's what you have, and that's <laughs> fucking weird. You can't just be like, yeah, my second vagina is just like another, oh, it's like an extra fingernail on my fucking. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to work on that one. <laughs> um, oh, there was, uh, I went to Outside Lands a couple weeks back, and there was a really awesome, funny moment there where uh, I, I, don't, I don't really follow a lot of, you know, some of these new pop bands and, and some of these new acts or whatever, I know who they are, but there was this guy performing there that my friend really wanted to see. His name was Sam Smith, right? He's like this, you know, British, like, crooner guy, right? And total sweet guy. And I, like, I get it. He's like, you know, he's a good-looking dude. He's, he's British, you know? So he's real polite, and girls are just fucking squirting for this guy. As soon as he walks out on stage, they're just like, ah, like, Sam Smith, oh, what the fuck are your balls? And, like, I totally get it. He's an amazing singer, and he's a good-looking dude, and he's, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, he goes into, like, story time during one of his songs, and he starts talking about, he's like, yes, this next song is about uh, a man who broke my heart and fucking 40,000 vaginas just fucking, just fucking dried up quicker than you could ever imagine, dude. <laughs> it was just like fucking, 
went from like fucking rainforest to Sahara in like a second, dude. Like, I mean, there were literally women that were just like, Sam you're so gorgeous. And they were like, did he just say he's in love with a man? You want to go get some final cake? Yeah, let's go get some final cake. Come on. Let's go stay safe. <laughs> Great. And then the best part was, though, there was one little gay guy next to me who, like, as soon as he started telling the story, he was just like, yeah! Like, he was shining, you know? He was like, fuck you, bitches! He's mine! Like, yeah, it was great for him. <laughs> very, very happy for that guy. Thank you for listening to me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to spike it on me for my entrance. I love this man. Keep, keep it going for Bodie Lane, ladies and gentlemen. What a good guy. What a sweetheart. Good job, Bodie. All right. Two vaginas. That's that's scary. One vaginas. Right? Too much already. Yeah, two? I'm looking forward to your set right now. Because he's up, ladies and gentlemen. Your next comic stage I have just met recently outside, but I'm sure he's very funny. Please, big round of applause for Mr. Rafi. Hello. My name is Rafi Sussman. Um, am I on the radio? What's the deal with the radio shit? On the radio? What station? Fuck yeah, I should love this set. <laughs> Pussy, dicks, balls, ass, tits. That was for you, Mom. I got a couple jokes. Um, for y'all. Uh, so the Folsom Street Fair is happening. <laughs> and uh, Folsom Street Fair is like this big like bondage fair, festival, whatever. And uh, it's kind of like a, rena a renaissance fair. But everyone is dressed like an executioner. All like the leather and the straps and shit. I thought that was kind of funny. That's almost a joke. It's almost there. What's your name, dude? Chris. Chris, you're cool as shit for staying for other comedians. That's rare. Chris, yeah. Round of applause for Chris. Learn some etiquette, people on the radio who are listening to this. I'm assuming I'm assuming I'm talking to like 10,000 people now. This is my fucking HBO special. <laughs> All right, Renaissance Falls and Fair. Cross that shit off. Uh, NPR joke for, uh, for that guy in the back. I was listening to NPR, and there's a woman named Louisa Lim, and she's a really good reporter, but uh, she's got like the, the English accent that was adopted by Henry, the, like popularized by Henry VIII, because he has so much syphilis that his lips are all fucked up. So that's where this English accent comes from. Like where you make your R's W, and there's a woman named Louisa Lim, she's a really good reporter, which makes her R's W's. And I can't really take it seriously when she says there's a fucking crisis in Syria. <laughs> she sounds like, you know, like, like sexy Elmer Fudd or like sexy English Elmer female, sexy female English Elmer Fudd is what I call her when I masturbate into her voice. I don't masturbate into her voice. That's lame. I have a phone. I look at porn. Um, more jokes. I got a couple more jokes and then I'm going to try and like fill these 10 minutes. Uh, but I'm going to try some new jokes. Uh, Volkswagen recently got in trouble because their diesel cars uh, have this software that tricks the EPA emissions computers to thinking that the Volkswagen so like diesel cars are environmentally acceptable. And it's like really fucked up because they're putting all these like pollutants into the air and shit. And that's got to be like the worst thing Germany's ever done. 
All right, fuck, I gotta work on this, work on this setup with the flash shit. Punchline's killer. Uh, I was arguing with my girlfriend, and I'm like pretty politically correct. Like I live in Berkeley, I'm politically correct, which makes it hard to argue with your girlfriend because I had to be like, you fucking heteronormative, cisgendered, uh, able-bodied bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's politically correct, right? Man, you're so excited for me, and I'm fucking bombing right now. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. I'm confident. I'm fucking running this shit, man. Um, I did get peed on once. We touched on that in the beginning. Thank you, Ethan. Um, plotting and getting peed on. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't like, uh, like, yeah, pee on me. I'm going to be fucking into it. Uh, we got peed on by like a sleeping sleeping lady. That was kind of weird, cause like I was like into cocaine like a year ago, and so I'd go over to my girlfriend's house and just like fuck her, and then she'd fall asleep, and then I would watch The Wire uh, while she was asleep, and uh, all of a sudden like the bed got hella wet and it wasn't my fault, and I was like that's crazy. What do I do? Do I wake her up or do I keep watching The Wire? Do I scoot over and just keep watching The Wire? So I scooted over and I kept watching The Wire. And she slept in pee and I didn't. True story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, uh, I'm gonna rant for a bit because I haven't, uh, tons of time. This is my microphone. Uh, I think that men, uh, we need to listen to our dicks more. Women, you can listen to your vaginas too, but men, we need to listen to our dicks more. Uh, there's like this conflict that some people have, like, oh, you've heard like your little head and your big head, right? Like your big head's your brain, your little dick's, your little head's your dick. And I think you need to listen to your little head more than you need to listen to your dick because your dick, at the end of the day, in the long run, your dick really wants what's best for you. Like it's instincts, it's natural, like that's, your dick is really you, like you should believe in your dick and, what, and its decision-making process. And I think your brain is there because your brain is smarter than your dick. Your brain is there to like make your dick's dreams come true. Your dick is there to like reinforce, or your brain is there to reinforce your dick, like help make it happen, you know, like help figure it out. Because your, your dick's just gonna like run into a wall until so your brain tells it to like go through the door, you know, like your dick is dumb, your brain is smart. I think the person that fucks it up, the thing that fucks it up is your heart. Like that's the third part of this fucking equation. Like, you know, small head, big head, uh. No one listen to your fucking your heart This just been like watching TV and movies, listening to music and believes all this dumb shit about love. Really like, if you just listen to your, your dick and your brain, you'd be happier in the long run. Cause your heart just fucks shit up. Like your heart will tell you to like, your heart will just fucking lie to you, man. Your heart will tell you you're in love or your heart will tell you that like, you're doing some shit for her. Nah, just listen to your dick, man. Your dick, dick is like, ah, over it. Your, your heart's like, no, nah, man, you're in love. And your brain is like, you're really not. And your dick's like, but the sex is good. And your heart's like, which means you love her. And your brain is like, that's not an argument. Fuck, I'm working on it, man. This one's for you, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Crossing shit off my list. Um, I think it's interesting that, uh, who, who's, okay, fuck it, crowd work. Who's the most, 
Nah, fuck that. I'm just talking. Uh, I think it's, I think the most homophobic people on the planet are religious black people. I think it's an astonishing correlation between religious, like the graph of religious black people and like homophobia. Because there's, I have this Facebook friend, and she's always just like, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, true. Great. I totally support that. She goes, Black Lives Matter. Uh, God is good. And I'm like, yeah fine you know for you god is good and then she's just some shit like uh they're teaching gay they have a gay agenda in schools and shit and i'm just like uh no they don't really it's just a a different point of view like you're supposed to be embracing other people's point of views if you're gonna be like so adamant about your own point of view the, the quality and shit you gotta be like accepting of other people's equality she's like ah I really wish I had more to say, but uh, didn't prepare a set at all today. So I'm just trying some new, new shit. Not new, new, new. Fresh out the mouth, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right here. Cavities, jokes, got all that shit in my mouth. Uh, topics, let's do some shit, man. At dose minutes? Fuck yeah. Eight minutes already. Not really. Uh, give me a topic. Did the peace sign? Give me a topic. Someone, so- someone say something about something. Fucking dying up here. It's a desert. Nah, man, you're doing fine, man. Alright. Okay, swim cool. Swimming it. Yeah, swimming. Uh, I know how to do the butterfly, but I can only do it for like two seconds because it's very tiring. Never if I was any like life endangering situation when I try to get out of it with like the butterfly stroke. That shit is for competitions only. <laughs> um, I can hold my breath for a really long time. It's not a joke, it's just cool. Uh, not as long as a whale. Whales can hold their breaths for a really long time. Again, not a joke. Fuck. How do people write jokes? Writing jokes is hard. I want to like be gangster about writing my jokes. Like, yeah, I got to write these jokes, son. Got to get this money, man. Oh, yeah. five seconds? What? No, no, I got, I got okay. a question. Um, it hit me. What is the worst thing you've ever done to another human being? Oh, the worst thing I've ever done to another human being. God. Right off the bat, uh, physically, I was riding my bike on the sidewalk, and I was wearing a helmet, and I got tangled up in this lady's dog's leash, and I headbutted her in the face with my helmet and broke her nose. That is one of the worst things I've done to a person unintentionally. That's an accident. That's an accident. Okay. Okay. I should let that go. All right. Uh, worst thing I've done to someone is, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm pretty nice dude. I don't like, broken broken a few women's hearts and shit, but that was their fault. Fuck them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I let them know from the beginning that I'm an asshole. They knew me. They knew what they were getting into. I'm a liar. Um... I had so much shit when I was sitting down, and now I'm standing up here. <laughs> it's like fucking <laughs> blank city. Always like that. No, nah, because there's like a bunch of shit here written down. Like I wrote down black homophobia, which could be like, it's just it was one line that I thought of. Like, yeah, religious black people are the most fucking homophobic people in the world. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy that people are like, supposed to trying to be tolerant of other people's shit or so not. But that's generalizing. Like a general. Hey, here's a joke. 
Um, why did the fuck? I think I'm done. I'm just fucking done. I'm kind of hammered. Yeah. <laughs> officially ran out of jokes at three minutes, 50 seconds, and just kept pushing them out, guys. It's a lot, it, it, it's, it takes a lot to start filling time, I guess. Have confidence in what you're saying, that's all I could say. Uh, your next comic uh, coming to stage is a gentleman I've known for a couple weeks now. I enjoy his presence. Yeah, I'm just being truthful. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tito! Hell yeah. Man, I'm going to tell you guys some stories, I guess. I, uh, yeah. yeah, try some stuff. Uh, so I live at home. I live with uh, my mom, and I have two younger sisters. And uh, I feel like I need to do a part in educating my two younger sisters. So I don't really read much, and I don't know much. But I, you know, I tried watching a documentary with her on Netflix, basically about like Armageddon. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is the world that you're going to live in. You got to be ready for this. Like, it's going to suck. And, like, her being young, like, she was just like, she's 11. <laughs> and, like, you know, I, th I felt like I was being a good older brother. I'm like, you know, trying to educate my sister. I'm like, you know, like, temperatures rising. Like, by 2050, we'll probably all be underwater. You know, I'm like, trying to be real. And she's like, oh, so, like, we're just going to be dead. And I was like, yeah, basically. And she's like, you know, but I know how to swim. And I was like, all right, you'll be fine, you know. <laughs> like, it's, it's, she's so smart, man, and she's so brave. And uh, she knows me so well. Like, I can't get anything past her. The other day, I, uh, leaving the house, going to work, I had my coffee cup, and as I was closing the door, I stumbled, and then coffee went all over the front door. And I didn't clean it up, because <laughs> I'm lazy. And so, like, the other day, we were coming home, and I'm opening the, you know, the door to the house, and I'm with my 11-year-old sister, and she's like, did you spill coffee on the door? I was like, no. She's like, yeah, you did, because you're a slob. Your room's a mess. This is why you don't have a girlfriend. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> she's so smart, man, I can't. You can't, I can't get anything past her. She knows me so well. Um, yeah, you know how they say, like, certain memories, like, you remember them because, like, something dramatic happened, right? You know what I mean? And uh, that's how I know, like, I remembered my first kiss, right? Because that was, that, was, that was very cute. <laughs> that belonged over at the Folsom Fair. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so, uh, yeah, I remember my, my first kiss with a girl was in this closet. And I remember it so well because I shit myself that time and on, the <laughs> on the bus. So here's what happened. I had a really bad stomach ache. And she really liked hot Cheetos, so I had to impress her and eat those hot Cheetos, even though I had a bad stomach ache. And I live in Richmond, and we were in Berkeley, and I had to take two buses to get home. And I don't know why I never, I never thought of just like going to a bathroom somewhere. You know, I didn't want to go to the bathroom at her friend's house. That'd be kind of weird, right? So I waited it out and tried really, really hard not to shit myself. Took one bus, basically made it. On the second time, it was, it was no good. It was like a 45 minute bus ride where I had basically diarrhea going down my pants. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just like grabbing onto the thing, just like, fuck, you know? And I, cause I didn't want to sit down and then have it spread more, you know? 
<laughs> but it was so it was so gnarly that uh, there was this homeless guy sitting down sleeping uh, in like the wheelchair area, and uh, I saw him like I'm just like holding on to this pole like fuck, and I saw him and he literally just wakes up just like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty fucked up. Jeez. Uh, for a homeless guy to have like wake up, right? <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> it was it was pretty gnarly, man. I um, man, I uh, yeah. I would uh, yeah. You guys have a you guys realize you guys slouch too much, <laughs> right? Like you're sitting down, you're slouching, or you're walking around, you slouch, and then you realize you've been slouching. And then you like sit up straight, but that only lasts like three minutes, right? And then you go back to slouching for like six months. <laughs> it's like, damn, you know, like that's a lot like my cocaine addiction, you know? I'm always slouching to do cocaine. I'm like, man, this is really bad for my back. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, yeah, that it's cool being in this area, you know, it almost feels kind of like home, like signs are in Spanish. You know, it's fun. And uh, yeah, I'm, la I'm Latino. And uh, I don't know if you can relate to this. You're from El Salvador. Um, I don't know if you can relate to it, but I'm always just getting labeled as Mexican. You know what I mean? Like everyone just, it's like, dude, like not every Honda is a Civic. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> most of them. You know what I mean? And but people, <laughs> people are always coming up to me and they're like, hey man, are, like you're Mexican, right? I'm like, no man, not Mexican. Oh, sorry, you're like second generation Chicano. Like, no, dude, not Mexican. I was like, so where are you from? Oh, man, I'm from Uruguay. What? <laughs> I'm from Uruguay. Who's gay? <laughs> Fuck it, man, I'm Mexican. You know? <laughs> it's the easy way out. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it's weird. Um, I feel like some people like look at me and they see my face and they think that I probably got like into some like crazy fight, you know what I mean? And um and I'm like that's kind of fucked up, right? Cuz I'm not I'm not a violent person and I don't get into fights, you know. I'm like I'm like a, you know, like you sneeze, I say bless you type of guy, you know? Like I'm not confrontational. But, you know, like you always got that friend that's like, "Hey man, it's all right. You just got to tell him like you got in a fight and just imagine what the other guy looks like." You know, imagine what the other guy looks like. Like, why is that always the thing, right? Like, for me, that wouldn't even be that. Like, if that was the situation, I'd be like, yeah, dude, imagine what the other guy looks like. Imagine what the other guy looks like. He's fucking beautiful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't help the stereotype of, you know, looking like a Mexican. Because, you know, like, I'm the, only, I'm the only guy out of all my friends that, like, goes through, like, a whole beer menu and skips everything and goes straight to like Modelo, you know. And I'm also a mechanic, so that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> it's weird, man. Being a mechanic's weird. Like I feel like people that become mechanics don't intentionally like that's not what their life goal is. You know, like you just kinda like stumble. It's kinda like, you know, like going outside and you step in shit, you're like, oh now I gotta walk this off. You know, like, it's not intentional, you know? It's not like being, like, people, like, go out and intend to be, like, doctors or lawyers or murderers. By murderers, I mean cops. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, the worst part about it is I went to a school 
to uh, become a mechanic. Have you guys Woo! heard? Of, yeah. Have you guys heard of this school, Wyotech? Yeah. You guys heard of that shit? Right yeah. Good thing you didn't go. You <laughs> saved yourself. Man, that shit is horrible. And you know it's horrible because they have a commercial. You know what I mean? Like, what the f Like, no good school has a commercial, right? You know what I mean? Like, why did they? They took my money. Um, yeah, graduating from there was really weird, too, you know, because uh, I went right into there uh, out of high school because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, so I went, I went, whatever. And, um, you know, graduating was so depressing. Like, I went from graduating uh, high school where it was like family, everybody came out, you know, because I was the first one in my family to graduate high school, so it was kind of like a big deal. And, um, and then I graduated Wyotech and uh, nobody came out. <laughs> and they were like, you, like, what? Like, what? Like, the commercial? Like, what did you do? You know, like, you know, you got to move out soon, you know, something. Um, but yeah, the graduation ceremony was pretty depressing, you know? Like, we walked the stage, the stage was just, a, you know, like a pop up table in an empty parking lot. You know, instead of diplomas, we got wrenches. Right? <laughs> <laughs> With a little sticker that said, as seen on TV. So you know, you know it's official. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you guys, you guys listen to rap, kind of. You guys listen to the new rap, yeah. kind of. It's just, it's so bad. It's so horrible. I don't know when like they like they they got together and they're like, listen, guys. So we don't even have to speak English anymore to rap. Like it's just. Like, it, well, this is what rap sounds like to me, you know? It's, it's just like, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I realized that, like, that kind of, it reminded me of what that sound is. I'm like, this sounds kind of familiar. And I was like, you know what, that sounds, it reminds me of a lot of when I was like a little kid and I was crying to my mom but trying to catch my breath. You know what I mean? I'm just like, no, mother, mother, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> God, I like I don't want to give up on that one, and you know? it's just like it never, <laughs> like it never. <laughs> I don't know. Even like halfway through saying it, I'm just like this sucks. Um, <laughs> I learned something recently. Uh, I learned that uh, earthquakes are a lot like dating, right? Especially like you live here in California, right? Because anytime it hits, you're like, oh my God, this could be the one. This is it, this is the one, <laughs> right? And then 45 seconds later, you're just crying by the doorway. You're like, oh. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'd, I, uh, I was in an interracial relationship for a bit. I dated a white girl and uh, it was cool, but I, I feel like, you know, like as a Latino dating a white girl, it's like, even if things are right, things are never really right. You know what I mean? It's just always like this weirdness, like, uh, I dated this white girl uh, and then she came back from college and she was like, Tito, you know, I don't think you really love me for me. I think you're with me because I'm white. And subconsciously, you think being with a white woman represents success. It's like, babe, this is, that's ridiculous. It's not subconscious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, uh, she uh, just recently got back from traveling all over Europe, and uh, she was really excited to tell me, you know, and I was really excited to hear about it. She was like, oh my God, you won't believe where I just went. You know, I just traveled to Germany, Switzerland, France, you know, and I was really excited for her, but like, 
as an ex-boyfriend, you know, all I heard was I got fucked in Germany, Switzerland, France. <laughs> you try to be supportive. And that's not, that's not like a she's a slutty girl joke. That's just me being insecure and uh, not being able to get over her joke. It's very sad. It's very sad. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to end on, a, on that note. Finest comedian, <laughs> Tito, ladies and gentlemen. Why? I almost went to Wyotech. Actually, I'm like me and like five of my friends almost went to Wyotech. I went the other route. I decided not to do anything. Yeah, totally. it, it worked out. I live on a school bus. It all it all shakes out in a wash, doesn't it? All right. I'm excited about your closer. She's gonna do. She's gonna do half an hour. You're going to do 20 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, the lady who keeps this whole place running. I'll tighten that up for you. Thanks. You told me you want to go up. Yeah, I do. I'm just going um, to, I'm only going to do old jokes. Yeah, totally. Great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pam Benjamin. Yay! Ethan Albers, baby angel, king among men. Uh, thanks for guest hosting Timothy Pizza's thing today. I'm just ripping these bullshit things down because uh, we don't need these anymore. I don't even know who Nas is. So uh, earlier, I really don't. Earlier, uh, Ethan asked, what's the worst thing you've ever done to a person? And the answer to that question is willingly and with intention knowing that I was breaking out with a herpes cold sore, finding my ex-boyfriend, getting him drunk enough not to see the blister and sucking his dick to yeah. try to give him herpes. Yes, yes, folks, I did hate fuck an ex-boyfriend, and I literally hate fucked him. I really hope, I don't talk to him anymore, but I really do hope that I gave him herpes on his dick. He deserves it, yeah. He was a really bad person. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, it's actually one of the reasons why um, I've never liked guys going down on me, and I was married and all this stuff, and, and my, my boyfriend, my wonderful boyfriend, Jonathan, some of you know him, he kind of, he's been asking why. He's like, why are you, he's like, we've been together for like two and a half years, like, what is it about that that you don't, and I'm like, I never want anyone putting their spit near my girly parts because 70% of people have herpes. And it's the same thing. Herpes simplex one and two are the same thing. It's just location, location, location. So like, <laughs> seriously, I don't, and if you've ever seen a girl with herpes on her, it is bad news. It hurts, it's like blisters. I never want that to have happened. So I've had like, on, I've only had a person go down on me like once and it was a girl and it was during a clown porn <laughs> energy, so. I trusted her. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna tell my 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 porn clown story because that just doesn't make any. That's just not a good idea. Uh, let me. I just wanted to run through some old jokes that I haven't done in a really long time because I might as well run old jokes since I never do it. Uh, all right. I live in the Tenderloin, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I really really love it very much. And I always know, one of the reasons I love it so much is that people are really, uh, really honest there. They're incredibly honest and uh, they tell you exactly what's happening with your life and with theirs at the same time. So I um, don't usually dress up uh, in clothes that make me look like a girl or whatever. Uh, but sometimes I do. And then when, when I'm walking down the street, I know that I look good because um, these older African-American gentlemen will say things to me like, girl, you got a nice fit on today. And I'm like, that's 
nice. I get it. Outfit. I'm fit. Sort of a double entendre in in a compliment. Like it. Like it a lot. Uh, but then uh, this guy, uh, he went a little further, and uh, he said, um, hey, that's a nice skirt on. Uh, can I get a sniff? And I was like, under, under my skirt? That is so gross. Why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? I mean, I'm just a sticky cum dumpster all the time. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, old black guys know the smell of a freshly plowed field, so they're just seeing me walk by. And they know exactly, they know exactly what that smells like, so they're kind of after it, so I kind of forgive them a little bit. Um, but yeah, I am, a, I am a sticky cum dumpster. I got an IUD. Um, because I was tired of having it in my face and on my chest. I just thought it'd be easier if it'd just be inside me. If you don't know what an IUD is, it's a, it's a piece of copper jewelry that you put in your uterus uh, that's like a pool sweeper for dead babies. It just makes sure that they just don't stay in there and flush them out. Also, the fun thing about having an IUD is that my boyfriend gets to come inside me all the time, which is great, and the only thing that's bad for me is that after we have sex, maybe like an hour and a half later, I'll be smoking some weed and I'll cough, <coughs> and I'll feel the cum dripping out of me. And I'll be like, oh. that... That is, that is an unusual feeling for a 41-year-old woman. Uh, I'm supposed to be celibate at this point, aren't I? I'm 41, I'm supposed to be uh, gross. Knock, knock. Feminism. Uh, hold on, let me knock this uh, dick out of this feminist mouth and I'll ask her. Oh wait, no, 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 that was, that was to get the door. I just missed, I just put two jokes together. Uh, how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Cats, cats, cats! Cats! Uh, cats, that's the answer to that. Um, none of these are jokes, these are all just notes, which sucks. Oh, um, so uh, uh, like Alyssa Westerlin said earlier, uh, I too am a whore, uh, but I only collect ex-boyfriends. Oh no, I fucked that one up too. So guys, I'm a hoarder, but I only collect ex-boyfriends, so I'm a whore, duh. Uh, that's why they're old jokes. Just gotta keep running them, see if they get funny. Not my A material. Here we go. Oh, all right. Uh, anybody else raised really, really super religious? All right, sweet. Uh, I might have to give the rest of you guys a little bit of, of history then on the Bible. Uh, everything I know about feminism I learned from reading the Bible. There's, out of all the books, I think there's 52 books in the Bible. Uh, there are two that are about women. They're called Esther and Ruth. And everything a woman needs to know about being a woman, she can learn she can glean, if you will, by reading these books. The first is the book of Esther. She saved the entire Jewish people from like the Syrians too. I mean, or something, something big and bad and, and awful. There was a bad king and uh, he was gonna kill all the Jews. And how did she save her people? Because she's so clever. She's good at puzzles. She's a master manipulator. Nay, uh, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. That's pretty much it. Her name uh, originally was Hadassah. Change that shit to Esther and make her the queen. She's gonna save the people. Again, hot rack, don't look Jewy. Learned it from the Bible. Uh, number two, the book of Ruth. Really a, a beautiful love story between two women. Uh, Ruth is from another country. She marries a Jew. Her Jew dies. Her mother-in-law has to go back to the homeland. Ruth doesn't have to go. She can stay. She can stay with her people, the Moabites or whatever. And she says, no, I love you. So she goes with her mother-in-law back to a land that is not her own to Israel. And then what does she do? She listens to her mother-in-law and she marries the old rich fat dude. So what you see is everything you need to know about the Bible is right there. Hot rack, don't look Jewy. 
Listen to your mother-in-law, marry the old rich fat dude. It actually says there's an actual Bible verse in there when the, the Boaz, the guy, and he's like the great, 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 great grandfather of supposedly Jesus, right? Uh, and he says, Ruth, you had all of the men to choose from, the young men. Why did you choose me? And she actually says, because I listened to my mother-in-law, and she told me to. <laughs> uh, so the it, moral of the story is have no thoughts of your own, and don't be ugly and have really great tits, and everything's going to be okay with your life, absolutely. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. I know, did that guy exist or what? I don't know. I'm glad we're all on the same page with that one. That's really, that's really great. Uh, what else do I want to work on? Oh, okay, this is a really old one. Uh, my mom's kind of a cunt. That's true. Uh, she's really, um, hypocrite. that's the wrong word. Uh, she hates all my tattoos. No, hypocritical is the right word. She hates all my tattoos, but she just recently uh, got some eyebrows tattooed on herself because that's okay. But mine are disgusting and ugly. Uh, so she told me not too long ago, she's like, Pam, go find yourself a nice, you know, over 30, non-married, no kids dude. Please, for the love of God, cover up those disgusting tattoos. Put on an Ann Taylor silk suit. Go down to the financial district and find someone that will marry you. Just cover up all that stuff. Just pretend you aren't who you are and go find some really nice, you know, over 30, non-married, no kids dude. And she said, in fact, why don't you go to church and do it? And I was like, all right, so I'll do it. So I, I put on, I went into my costume closet and I put on an Ann Taylor silk suit uh, and I went to church. And of all the over 30, non-married, no kids dudes, none of them like me smoking pot in the bathroom. <laughs> And I was like, you guys believe in God and you're not high? What's happening? Seriously? No one else is high here? All singing songs to God of your own volition? Really? On purpose. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, these, they, and, 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 uh, and I'm the crazy one. Hey, hey Stefan. Uh, all right. I will do one more joke I haven't done in a long time. It's actually, we'll see if I can remember it. It's the first joke I ever wrote. Um, yeah. We'll see if I can remember it. So, uh, uh, wow, you guys, uh, I really, uh, I, I, I fucking, I fucking love, uh, 23 year old skateboarders and, uh, and people ask me, they're like, whoa, whoa. They think that I mean that I love fucking 23 year old skateboarders. <laughs> no, 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 that's impossible. Everyone knows a three year old can't skateboard. Uh, but what, what I mean is that, is that, you know, I love fucking 23-year-old skateboarders. Anyways, so the thing about 23-year-old um, skateboarders is it's, it's actually really cute. It's a baby orgy, uh, and they're all running around uh, with or without diapers. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a fun little uh, song in the back, and it's like, baby, 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 oh, baby, 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 no, because they grab your leg and they shit themselves. And that's gross. See, no, it's the first joke I ever wrote. It's not funny anymore. Isn't that great? Isn't that great how you grow four years later and the jokes that you wrote aren't funny? It's really great. I can go back through my old uh, book and I can just put all of those to bed, especially that one about the, the black guys in the tenderloin. Little, little too much? little too... Well, the Jesus joke is fucking killer. Oh, thank you. I should do the... Oh, well, thank yeah, you. All right, all right, cool. The field smelling one's a little intense. Was that, it's, yeah, that's yeah, a little, it's a little rough. Field, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Uh, sticky cum dumpster, we're kind of okay with yeah, that. Yeah, we're comics, we'll laugh yeah, and stuff, yeah. and she'll be laughing. No, no, I got you. Uh, so I'll, I'll just 
believe you guys with this. Um, I'm a nanny. Yay. Yeah. And I, I play, I know I love hanging out with children, and I live in the Tenderloin, as I let you guys know. And I play this game uh, with tiny children uh, where we walk around and we hold hands, and then I look at the ground and I point and I go, man or beast, man or beast. Uh, and what I learned from a four-year-old is that if it's up against a wall, it's always man. And I'm just so proud that she understands physics at four years old. It's just so amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to my bullshit. Yay! Yay. Pam reminded me of the first joke I ever wrote. Would you guys like to hear it as a closer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I got two, but one. I'll do. Okay. Hey, wait. Before you tell your jokes, can I just tell you one thing? Oh, sure. Can I say before that, that there's an open mic tonight at eight o'clock. This sure. Is Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. That's okay. So I'll fall a fart. That's almost impossible, falling comedy. Uh, the hardest thing about growing up poor is dealing with all the things you're deprived of, like the cool clothes, the new toys, Oreos. I was seven years old before I had my first Oreo, and after that, I wasn't going back. I used to get physical fights with my mom in a grocery store. She'd go, honey, these are just as good as the regular cookies. Go, mom, no, they're not. There's a reason they're called Western Family Duplex Cookies, mom. It's because they're made for families who live in duplexes. See that pile of shit? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, that's been it. Ten pizzas, ten minute mic. I'm Ethan Albers. Thanks for coming out. Have a wonderful night, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, I will keep this ready running until Pam closes out. Thank you, Tim, for the opportunity. Bye.
show is about to start. It's like one minute till it starts, and I may be cutting into the tail end of comedy, but isn't that just funny? I just wanted a clean start. I'm opening the radio show. You're listening to SF Intercom every Sunday from 6 to 8. I've been practicing my remixes of remixes of Bay Area bands today. Let's find out if if I'm doing okay. I've got a direct box box that's supposed to um, take my sound and in a very clean way present it to you. Uh, I'm using RCA to quarter inch and um, it's been working okay but the, for the first time I'm going to try to go um, I got a microphone jack out the other side and I'm hoping that we don't get distortion but uh, What is this? This is like a learning process, right? So let's see what I've learned. And, um, well, let's just say uh, while I'm doing that, that this song seems uh, very, very appropriate. Here it is. Here you go while it's loading. You'll get it. You'll get it when it plays. slowly loading that's the problem with technology slowly loading that kind of makes me think that it's going to crash here in a second don't 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 bother me i'm working 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 don't bother me working, working. Let me, I'm working. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. Can't you see? Don't bother me working, working. Let me, I'm working. Uh, don't bother me. Don't, don't, don't bother me. Can't you see? Don't bother me. 
Don't bother me, can't you see? Don't bother me, work it, work it. Let me, I'm working. Yeah. Don't bother me, don't, don't bother me, can't you see? Work it, working. Working. Uh. says it was working it says that's exactly what it was doing but uh i'm not i'm not buying that for a second um so i'm gonna just uh play just some random song i just uh i, I feel like i feel like you just need a little bit of this so uh here you go a little background super background music for you yeah Okay, let's see where my plugs are. Getting sloppy here. Getting sloppy. Whoa. Let's play this one instead. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com For the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need. And live music promotion! 
at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! $4.99. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment 
where in both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. It's not all that we're saying, but it's, it's one of the big things that we're saying here. Give peace a chance. That's what everybody wants. Actually, last weekend at Earth Day San Francisco, I got to be one of the speakers, which was I was very honored to be. And, uh, you know, my, my radio name is Global Val, and there's a few reasons for that. And one of the reasons is I've, I've been to 17 different countries, and what I've found as a, as a common thread, so to speak, uh, around the world is that people want 